Welcome to the Money Pilot Financial Advisor Podcast, where you team up with Money Pilot founder, former Army helicopter pilot, and your host, Katie Cannon, to put your money where your heart is. Together, we'll tackle issues big and small so you can take charge and land your financial life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Last week, we talked about how a financial life can be like a library, where you pick up a book or two at a time to read, then move on to something else. You might find a genre you love and stick with that for life. Or you may take a break to explore the library or try something different. In life, these books may be careers, education or retirement. I think one of the most challenging times when your life is like a library is that transition period or gap, that period between books when you may just lay books down and take a break and then come back to your library and pick that back up again, or spend time browsing in the library and looking for something new. Think of the books as jobs or careers, a certain type of retirement, or something else entirely. So this week, we're going to talk about how to bridge the gap if you've decided you want to try something you've always dreamed about, find a different career, or just take a much-needed break. As you're planning for something like this, take time thinking, what do you want this gap to be, and for how long? If you're single or married without children, and you've been a power saver, you might even be able to fund a gap year if you really want to do that. Or perhaps a shorter gap is more doable. The second step is coming up with a cash flow or budget for that gap. If you laid down one career book and haven't picked up another, you're not going to have any income. So you need to know what your expenses will be and where you're going to get that money to pay for this sort of experience. Your current budget is a great place to start. Then make adjustments to that for your plan. Obviously, you'll need to have somewhere to live. If you'll be staying put, you already know those costs, whether it's the rent or mortgage, property taxes, upkeep, homeowners insurance and such. If you plan to move or travel during your gap, you'll need to do some extra research to adjust the budget for that. If you're taking time off, you may need extra money in the budget for entertainment or eating out if that's what you want to do. Do you want to go back to school or get some new training? Budget for that. This step of planning is really critical to success. Plan your gap in segments if you need to. For example, if you'd like to take a couple months off to relax, then a couple months doing serious job hunting, your living expenses in those first months will be different than later in the gap. Another key budget consideration is health insurance. This is not the place to skimp. If you have a serious injury, 
develop a bad illness or you're hospitalized and you're not covered with health insurance, you can be financially ruined. It's not worth putting your whole financial future at risk by skipping health care insurance. In the U.S., almost everyone's covered by health insurance tied to their employment. So if you're not going to be employed during your gap, or you're doing some work that doesn't offer workplace insurance, you'll need to find it somewhere else. And this can be a bit of a challenge, but there are options. For example, if you're in the military, you're covered by TRICARE now. When you transition out, you're eligible for the Continued Healthcare Benefit Program, which is similar to a civilian COBRA program. It looks very similar to TRICARE standard, but unlike the low premiums you pay for your family, or in the case of active duty military, no premiums at all, that continued health care plan is actually going to be quite expensive, to the tune of about $7,000 for one service member, or $14,000 for a family. But again, don't even think about just skipping on health insurance. Anyone, military or not, can shop for health insurance on healthcare.gov. There's different plans you can choose from, and you may qualify for a tax credit to pay for some of the premium costs. You'll need to know where you plan to home base because these plans vary by state. If you're healthy, you may save money selecting a high deductible health plan. Your premiums would be lower in exchange for paying more out-of-pocket expenses and having a higher catastrophic cap, which is what you're expected to pay before your insurance starts to pick up the tab. So you would need to set aside enough money, a sort of healthcare emergency fund, to pay the co-pays, your deductibles, up to that cap just in case. And then if you do have a big health problem pop up, it's not going to literally bankrupt you. Next thing to consider in your GAP budget is life insurance. If you have someone you support financially who would struggle with your income when you pass, like children or a spouse that's been out of the workplace for a while, or a spouse that's earning a lower income, you need to plan for continuing life insurance during your GAP. If you're meeting that need now with workplace group life insurance like service members group life insurance or federal employees group life insurance, you will need to buy life insurance before you start your gap. Term life insurance policies are usually quite reasonably priced while you're younger, especially shorter terms like 5 or 10 years. And when you return to work, if you no longer need that term insurance you bought, you can cancel it and stop paying the premiums. Once you have your cash flow and budget for the kind of gap you would like to have, double back and see how long a gap you can actually afford. You're gonna be digging into your savings, so this gap may be competing with other goals you still have in life. It's certainly more challenging if you've got a family and children and you're thinking about everything from saving for retirement, education, beyond the daily expenses uh, of children and all that. But it doesn't mean a gap's not doable at all. 
A gap can give you time to actually find good work that you enjoy or retrain for something else. This is where a gap can really be a benefit if life is going 100 miles an hour. Even if you think you've found the right career and you found the right opportunity, it can still take a while to get brought on board. And so have a plan in case it goes on longer than you think. I could just tell you, don't eat your seed corn. Don't tap into your long-term savings. But you need to weigh that. Literally put a price on that gap and prioritize it in your mind now. You really don't want to sacrifice your entire future just for a little bit of time off in the present. But it might really benefit you and your family in the long run. For example, maybe you've thought long about getting out and becoming a teacher. You know that doesn't earn a ton of money, but if that's your dream job, summers off, regular hours, work it out. Spend a little time figuring out what you might need to get back to school, get some certifications, for example. If you're planning on using your GI Bill, know what that's going to pay for. Identify the shortfall where you need to use savings or work a part-time job and finish your education and get started on your dream job. All right, so you've developed a budget for the gap that includes food and shelter, transportation, maybe entertainment or travel, or getting new skills for a different career. Now that you've got your budget, look at how much you'll have to save until the gap starts and put a dollar figure on how much you need to save from each paycheck to get there. The last big decision is what to do with those savings until you need them. If you're one to three years out from your gap, the best thing to do is save that money in an FDIC insured bank account. That can be a savings account, a money market account at a bank, or certificates of deposit. These accounts are all FDIC insured. So if the bank somehow goes belly up, your deposits are insured by the government. These accounts I just mentioned don't go down in value, so you won't lose any of your money. It'll be there when you need it. The only real downside to these is that you're not going to get much interest on it. That is the value of it. It's not going to grow very much. You basically need to save the whole amount you're going to need to pay for the gap. If your gap is more than three years away, You've got more flexibility in how you invest for that. Depending on your tolerance for risk and whether you've got flexibility in the timing of your gap, you may be able to invest your savings and earn a higher return. So you end up with more than you actually saved overall. But that means taking some risk. For an example, let's say you have five years to save. You've crunched all the numbers, and it's going to take $10,000 to fund your gap. Well, $10,000 divided by five years is $2,000 a year, which would mean if you could save about $165 a month over those five years and put it in a savings account, you'd have that $10,000 guaranteed, and you wouldn't have to take any chances that there's going to be anything less than that. But if you've got some flexibility in timing, or just more time in general, you could take a little bit more risk and maybe earn some more return 
by putting your savings in other investments, like stocks or bonds, for example. Bonds are often a good choice for these sort of midterm goals. You'll earn more interest over time than a savings account. Though you can lose money, your returns will fluctuate, but not as much as stocks. Stocks are riskier still, but on average have even higher returns. They're the riskiest because typically the price swings are greater up and down than bonds. If you build a portfolio that's mostly bonds with some stocks, for example, on average, you'll earn a bit more in your gap account than you would have if you put it all in a savings account. The challenge is that both stocks and bonds fluctuate in value. So it could mean if the market tanks, you could have less money than you put away. So again, if you're putting away that $165 a month to get to that $10,000 target, if the market crashes just before you need it, you might only have eight or $9,000 in the account. So now suddenly that's an issue. This is where it's helpful to have some flexibility in timing your gap. If for instance, you're able to just put it off a year, you could continue saving, and that also gives you time for the markets to rebound a bit. And then you could get that back in line and probably even exceed your initial goal, if you can wait. Also, having more bonds compared to stocks in your GAP account is it a way to smooth some of the up and down a bit. The reward of investing that way is that you'll have more than you actually save if you get an average return. As for the nuts and bolts of investing for a midterm goal, a good vehicle for doing this is saving into low-cost index funds. What I mean by that is not a retirement plan like your 401k or IRA or a college 529 plan. Those kinds of plans have penalties for early withdrawals. But you can buy these funds directly from a mutual fund like Vanguard or open a brokerage account with a company like Charles Schwab, for example. Another option, especially if you've got a simple goal and want some automated help, is to open an account with Betterment. They invest your savings in low-cost index funds that track an entire stock and bond market, and they continually readjust your allocation for you. You just make one decision. You tell them what percentage to invest in stocks and what percentage to invest in bonds. So again, for a shorter term, three to five years or so, you might consider 60 or 80% in bonds and the rest in stocks. If you have more time than that, or you're more flexible on your timing, you might go 50-50 on stocks and bonds if you can tolerate the ups and downs. Another option would be using mutual funds that could do the same sort of thing that I just was talking about. For example, Vanguard has life strategy family of funds where they look at how much time you have until you need your savings and then invest in mutual funds for you. So to wrap things up, if you're interested in taking a gap, take time to think about what kind of gap you want to experience. Then make a clear budget to fund it. Don't cut corners trying to do without health insurance. 
And if, if you need it to take care of others, buy some term life insurance to cover you during your gap. If you have less than three years until your gap, just stash your cash in an FDIC-insured savings account, money market, or CDs. Longer than that, consider bonds or a mixture of stocks and bonds to invest in. You will risk losing possibly some of your savings, but on average, your investment will grow so you can save less to achieve your same goal. When you have more time, more flexibility on when you can take your gap, and if you have a higher tolerance for risk, you may invest in slightly more stocks and less bonds. Low-cost mutual funds that help you find the right mix are a great way to start. I hope you've enjoyed my podcast on funding a gap. I'd love to hear about your dreams for a transition or a gap and how will you save for it. If you'd like some help with the planning, reach out for a free consultation. I love helping you live your dream life. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Like to find out more? Visit us at moneypilotadvisor.com. Let's team up and land your financial life.